Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. This is Kaylee here with Leif Hetland. It has been a very long time since I have been on here to interview Leif, and I am so excited about today's topic. We're starting a brand new series called The Prophets of Love, where we're going to interview some of Leif's closest friends who are prophetic voices around the world, who to us represent love. Because as you've heard Leif say, we believe that love is the language that Deaf ears can hear and blind eyes can see. And we talk often about the power of love and how it's a game changer in the nations and as a follower of Jesus. Um, We have a lot of crazy things happening in the world today, right, Leif? Like it's been, there's a lot happening around the world. It is. And we're smiling in the middle. You know what? We we laugh in the face of opposition and we have, there's a joy that we have in Jesus where we can laugh about this madness that's going on. Um, I was doing a bit of research and I found the top headlines of 2020 uh, that was posted by the New York Post. And I just want to take a moment and list a few of these off. Now be mindful to our internet national listeners that a lot of this is an American these are this is an American um, news company and so a lot of these are going to be targeted to our country uh, but it has had a worldwide effect so this year started off with the Australian bushfires mm-hmm. our hearts went out to our Australian family seeing so much land burned lives lost and wildlife lost um, and then it was followed up by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle quitting the royal family What an interesting thing to happen. The COVID-19 pandemic was announced by the World Health Organization. um, And then Kobe Bryant's death soon followed after, which shook sports fans and families around the world. The impeachment of President Trump, the first round of trials was introduced. And then the stock, stock market crash of 2020. The Black Lives Matter protests started to flare up. These were the police-involved killings of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor this last year that sparked a wave of peaceful and sometimes violent demonstrations and riots across the world to demand an end to police brutality and racial injustice. And then closely following that, Kim Jong-un's death rumors that made headlines worldwide. Um, Biden then becomes Democratic presidential nominee. Murder hornets arrive in the U.S. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember. It's so funny. There were lots of like funny posts on social media that if the pandemic wasn't enough, murder hornets had to come along. Um, there was a mass explosion that rocked Beirut, Lebanon's capital city. Kamala Harris chosen as Democratic VP candidate. West Coast wildfires that shook California. Oregon, Washington. Joe Biden becomes the president-elect. There's a COVID-19 vaccine rollout, and most recently, big tech and media regulation, a mass exodus from Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook because of privacy issues. So obviously, you don't hear a lot of good news in that just because it is a news outlet, but I think that it just kind of paints a base-level picture of what is happening in the world on our level, like what we, we what we've lived through this past year, um, 
And how in the world are we meant to navigate this as followers of Jesus? So there's three questions that we're going to talk about today to introduce this Prophets of Love series, Life. But I would love to hear how you feel about what's all going in the world today. And for us as believers to know there is a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus always comes to give life and life more abundantly. That's John 10. 10. Also, it's important for us as believers to know what the enemy means for evil. God will use it for good. And also, according to the book of Romans, where uh, where God uses all things out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean it is easy. That doesn't mean that the shaking doesn't affect us because pretty much we are in a season of shaking. And it actually started out even this year now what just happened at the Capitol building. And we're in the middle of some major inflammation. And the hard thing for me has been even with a lot of my prophet friends and a lot of the people that has been out here that uh, it's like one of my pastors said, I I struggle right now because my church has become totally divided if we believe about the prophets or not. Uh, He said a year ago, that was not an issue as they started to train their whole churches in the prophetic because so many of God's people went out and and spoke about different things that was going to happen. And then when you're looking at a year, and I'm not here to point the finger because many of them are my friends, but I'm just saying that uh, in the middle of all the different fires that has been, and it's also fires in California added to the list and and we could just there was probably 20 more things I could add to that list and maybe most of you that are listening but I do feel these three questions that we're about to answer is going to be very very helpful I was on a board meeting with Iris ministry yesterday and each one of us from Australia from Singapore from different parts of the world that are part of the international board together with Heidi Baker and Heidi asked what are you guys seeing right now in the middle of everything that's going on and just also receive some good wisdom connected to each one of them sharing things that God was showing them and I think that often the wisdom is combined of many different wisdom uh, many different voices, different people have different giftings that is helping us. So I think it's going to be so important for us as God's people to get clarity on these three questions because anyone that made a difference in previous storms in world history, they to some degree captured these three questions and they did that well. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved that you hit on um, that example that the church is divided over the prophetic voices in this season. So that's part of why we're doing this series as well is to hear from the prophets. Um, I, Listeners, I'm going to let you know the three questions up front so that you're not on a cliffhanger waiting to know what they are. So the three questions are, what time is it? What is God doing? And where do I fit in? So let's start with question one, Leif. What time is it? Why did you ask God this question? And what is he sharing with you about it? Well, I'm just realizing that if you if you're looking at throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, but also during church history, you will find pretty much there's two different types of people. You have the people that understood the time they were living in and they knew what to do. And then you have a lot of people that didn't. Uh, that's every story from going back from Genesis pretty much to Revelation. And I just realizing in the middle of it, I mean, we can look at the watch and right now I can tell you what time, what we call chronos, the time. But in Greek, there is also at least two more words for time. But the one I'm describing now is the kairos moment 
as an example, if I were to ask the average person, what is the most important time in world's history? And the answer is pretty clear. It is the time when Jesus 2,000 years ago was born, when God became a man and dwelt among us. It was the season, the generation that was born for such a time as this. That was the most important time in world's history. It changed everything. But the next question, why was Jesus born exactly at that, that time of the thousands of years? What was the time in the Kairos moment? Well, because Rome was a unipolar power. So God places in the kingdom because the world came to Rome. Rome went to the world and he places the kingdom right in the middle of it for that to be able to expand. So it's important for us to understand Cairo's moment of time. Actually, also, when you remember there were the 12 tribes of Israel, one of those tribes, one of the sons there of Israel or Jacob was it was uh, the, the sons of Issachar. And the sons of Issachar, and it says very clearly in the scripture in First Chronicles 12, 32a, of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times, but also with the knowledge of what Israel should do. And I do believe that the time we are living in right now is the second most important time in world's history. And if people don't understand that, then they are going to, like so many people in the past, and I just give a couple of practical examples. For most of the listeners, most of the listeners knowing your audience, we will remember Y2K. Wow. I don't know if I took you back again to 1999 and in the end of that year, it was a scary time. Everybody ran to Walmart and you went to buy generators. Why? Because the world was crashing and other ones that Jesus is going to come back. Uh, by the way, for any one of you that bought generators, let me remind you, generators are pretty cheap right now. <laughs> and so you can see that every single time for over not just 2,000 years, but at least for the last 2,000 years, that fear has never won. And so even there, I just received a video from a key leader and for some people that wanted my observation, about 30 minutes that tells about the future and all the things we need to buy and do this now because it's going to get so evil and dark and bad. And, and they asked me, what do you think, Leif? And again, I was just saying that for the last 2,000 years, Every naysayer, every doubt pushers, and I think the doubt pushers are worse than the dope pushers. The people that didn't understand the time and they didn't know what to do. It's not just to understand the Kairos moment. Yeah, I, I, I see the darkness. I, I'm listless. It's not like I'm ignoring these things. It's not that I'm going to surge in at 1.30 today. It's not that I'm not being affected by a lot of the hits in this season. But first of all, to remind that in the middle of it is a rise and shine for your light has come. There is the sons of Issachar that understood the time and they knew what to do. Like Patton, uh, Winston Churchill. There was people like that. If it was not for these people and understood the time that they lived in and they, they were not living right, they didn't invest their life in the right way. So then we are going to hope that Jesus is going to to rescue us out of here instead of bringing his kingdom into this dark world. So if we are getting so overwhelmed by the darkness, we forget about turning on the light. And we do not have a darkness problem in the world, but lack of light. So in the middle of all of these chaos, for us as believers, we see division. Who is coming here to divide? It is the enemy. But what is God doing? He's coming there to unite. So the time there we're living is because it's the second most important time in world's history. We have everything in our generation to be able to fulfill the Great Commission. We are the only generation wow. in history that have had that opportunity. So thank God, even if we're seeing all the 
problem with Twitter right now and Facebook and the liberal this and that and all of those different things. For we as believers should see this as an incredible opportunity. We are the only generation for 2,000 years that can make his last command our first priority. So this is just a few things. I would like to cover a few other things about the time because just that topic in itself is, uh, I could do a book just on the Kairos moment and all the different indicators why this is the second most important time. But imagine even if you lived back, Kaylee, during the time of Jesus and, and just think about this little boy that would run home to mama and say, mama, mama, I don't want to play with Jesus anymore. He always thinks he is right. Yeah, or, or, or there was other ones that didn't want to play ball with Jesus anymore because it was like playing against God himself. There was very few people, even during the time of Jesus, when he healed the sick, raised the dead, but still there was a very few people left over and about 120 in the upper room. He met tens and tens of thousands of people. But God doesn't, as I say, one is the new majority in the kingdom. And it takes just one Jesus to make a difference. And it just takes one of you to awake up, to understand the time and knowing what to do. That's going to create a tipping point when more sons and daughters of glory are arising and shining for our light has come. Yeah, let's zoom into this one just a little bit longer um, because there's lots of turmoil in the world, but I'm so curious to know um, the significance of the church, the body of Christ in this season, of not necessarily of them knowing what time it is, but knowing it and then that next step of like, understanding the significance of God's heart for the body of Christ during this season, the power of unity um, in the middle of all this turmoil. That have crisis in these opportunities, that we have certain system we've been holding on to. And in the middle of this shaking, it is time to let go. I just wanted to prophetically say that the world will not be the same as it was before. I'm not saying it's going to get worse, but it will not be the same. So there's a shift going on, and we have to understand when there's a shift and change going on in the kingdom, how to be able to make those adjustments as God's believers and to be flexible in the middle of it. There's a shift going from more denominationalism to going into becoming subtly kingdom family. And we've been part of that shift for especially the last 20 years, and we're going to talk a little bit more with Papa Jack about that. So that, that system is being shook in the middle of it, and there's that vision. But in the middle of it, God is bringing his family where the orphans are coming back home at the family table. There's individual changes and shifts happening. The attack is happening with family. It is going against churches. It's going against systems. All of those things, there's a major shift going on. But right in the middle of all of those shifts and changes and transitions that is going on, God is setting all of these things up. And that's going to be connected to the second question. But I felt it was very important even. I was just thinking about a couple of more scripture verses because like Esther, it says, for if you You've remained silent at this time. Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. And I think this is where I sense in the urgency with everything that's going on. It is what are we seeing? And what are we saying in the middle of it? Because it is very easy for us to take a diagnosis because if we're coming from a place of fear or perhaps that, in a sense, if we do not keep our loved one and are able to love well, and I'm talking about 
even our enemies. If we are not coming from that place, we are not going to be able to have 2020 vision. And what we will prophesize is based upon different things that is influencing us or even the desires of our heart. And there's many things that God says, here's what I'm going to do. But in the next moment, we have to then understanding the timing and knowing what to do. So I sensing in the middle of this, and I have through this whole election, everything that's going on, it just uh, felt that the Lord says, I want you to be quiet about a lot of the things, unless I speak to be quiet. And I want you to go low and slow. Uh, I have been weeping with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, I have been loving the poor. I've been loving the one percenters. I've been loving the Democrats and loving my Republican friends. So my opportunity in the middle of this, when everything in the middle of this shaking on all sides, that I certainly have an opportunity now to love well in the middle of what's going on. Because as the shaking is going on, the things that I need to let go of, let go of it. And it is painful. Let go of it. But there is things that is unshakable that is going to be left in the middle of this season. So just for people to being aware, there's generational changes. There's all these changes going on. And it's probably the biggest changes that we've seen in about 2,000 years. And the people, uh, it's difficult to change because even personally, we change because we eat it and hurt enough where we have to. And that's happening to a lot of us. But then the second, we start to learn enough what we want to change. So we're learning about there's a different way of doing it than the old way. We saw what didn't work, especially at the end of last year, early this year. So we're learning enough where we want, we desire now to change. But the third one that comes in, we receive enough where we're able to change. And that requires humility because grace is available to the humble. And we need grace in this season. And grace is God's ability in the middle of everything that goes on. And that requires genuine humility. I don't know it all, don't have it all. But I have a God that knows everything about everything, and he's my papa. And when I go low and slow, I can hear his voice, and I can see his face and feel his love. That is what we see. That is what we're experiencing. Um, For the second question, what is God doing? We know that he is shaking some things. People are being shaken to their core so that they can become unshakable. We know that he's doing that. But if I want to hear from you, like from a macro level and a micro level, like in the world, what is God doing? And then in the churches and specific believers, what is God doing? Because we just went through this situation with prophetic voices that uh, everything opposite of what they have prophesied is happening right now. So there's lots of confusion in that area. And let me first also say to the people that are out there, they are not false prophet. They are wrong prophets. And we need to understand that if you have a gift of evangelism and you share, or you had a gift of word of knowledge and the person didn't get healed, that doesn't mean you are a false evangelist or a false have a false gift. It just means you do it wrong. And we repent when we do it wrong and we take responsibility. And so many of my friends has done that in a very beautiful way. And I honor when we are humble and that what we're learning from that. So we are not here. We give grace to the humble because that's what God does. So I just want to encourage you even in the middle of this is just making sure that we do not sit and and, and because what the enemy would like us to do is not to believe in the prophets. And God is still going to reveal this to the prophets. So many of those people where there's genuine humility, there is God's ability, and you're going to still continue to receive the grace from them. And so I have more respect for some of those prophets now than I had before. But there are some that are still have proud. And in this season, you're going to see this. God resists the proud. God resists the proud. 
but he gives grace to the humble. So if what we do is what the Father does. So when there's still pride and arrogance in the middle of it, God is moving his grace away. And that's when self is exalted. And we are sitting feel we have to defend that. That we start to fight operating in our flesh. And it starts to smell like flesh instead of fresh oil of intimacy. So when it talks about here, then what is God doing? Let me first kind of give a very quick overview for people. Because this is an important thing. Uh, something hit me right after the election result. This is before the debates, but just the election result. One, I think it's Farrakhan or something he's called, uh, but he's a famous on CNN. But he made a statement and I just watched CNN and it hit me. And he says, we are no longer a unipolar world. We have now become a multipolar world. And when he said that, I, I've talked about this for quite a few years, but it's been a topic I've been waiting for, but it was the first time kind of the secular public went out and realizing what has been taking place. And let me just give a kind of a five-minute summary. I mentioned that Jesus was born during the time of Rome because it was a unipolar world, meaning what I mean with that is that it was one nation that God allowed, God entrusted to be the nations that was going to influence nations. And they had actually the power and the authority. And God is the one that sets up system and tear down system. Many times you can say, why would he allow someone? Sometimes it was just to teach a lesson because God's people didn't do it. And we learned some lesson and we find that, especially in the Old Testament with Egypt and Babylon and many of these systems. But if you study from the beginning of time, there's been about 26 this is the 27 major shift where the world went from a unipolar world. Then as a result, then when that nation didn't steward what God had given them or allowed, the biggest thing was not the spirituality, but the morality. Mm-hmm. And when the morality of that nation went down, it's connected. Why? Because it's connected to the goodness and kindness of God. So it's often God chooses the nation that had the highest morality because that's connected what is best then for the people that God loves so much that he would give his only begotten son for. So just give a couple of practical examples, like some of us remember Pax Britannia. We don't know, we remember it just in history. But as an example, like Pax Romania, Rome was the power. Pax Britannia, England was the power. Pax Americana, USA was that unipolar war. And we know that today, if you're going to buy gold or oil or anything else, you buy it in dollar. Why? Because Pax Americana, US is a unipolar war. And as a result, they've been able to get away with a lot of things. But what we have to understand from a kingdom perspective is the gospel often traveled during the unipolar war. That's why he planted Jesus. And that's why he had an upper room. And that's why he had an outpouring. And in that kind of environment, the gospel was spread, even as shaking was going on. Because if not, they would have just kept the gospel in Jerusalem. So wow. God allowed even some shaking going on there. Why of the shaking? Instead of whining and complaining, this is getting difficult. Because the next season for us as believers, he said, now as the Father sent me, I send you. But in John 20, 21, and you know that's been one of the verses. Last year was John 20, 20. This year, John 20, 21. The first run was in verse 19, they got peace. But in 21, they got another peace. So this is the year of double peace. And with that peace, there was also a new purpose, a new sending. Now, in the middle of all of this, God is going to first do something with his people. That's why if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. It's not what is wrong with the Democrats or the world or certain republics. 
if God's people, his people, his family would humble themselves, pray, seek his face and turn away from their wicked ways, I'm going to hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. So Pax Britannia, England started by providing education, helping to build infrastructure, making a difference in places like India and other places with a colonization. But then the morality went down and they started to take spices and gold and they started to, and when the morality went down, other powers came. Led to World War I, later on World War II, guess what happened? Wow, now there was different polars right before fighting about who's going to get the different nations and that led to two nations left after the two war. Who would notice? There was Soviet Union, it was America. It's a communist, capitalist, and etc. Then you went through this whole seasoning, and typically we've seen this 26 times before. Why is this important? Because we've right in the middle of a new of those changes that we've seen the pattern of. And for the people that don't understand the history, they will be so overwhelmed right now of understanding the time, but also know what God is doing in the middle of it. And that's what we are focusing on today, and hopefully in a few more episodes and bringing some friends in. But here is what I want us to capture. So then, first in 88, and we remember the Berlin Wall came down. Ceausescu and Romania fell in December of 89. I, I went in right afterwards in Romania. And then you started to see the Soviet Union started to crumble. And you saw by 1991, wow you started to see the shift. America was now. Before that, the world's resources was the Cold War and every tension was there. But now America rises. So God entrusted America. And then for the next 10 years, 1991 to 2001, and we're about to see what just happened, but let's just get a clear, quick picture of what's happening. 385 million people came into the kingdom in 10 years. It was the biggest harvest the world have ever seen. Why? Because it was a unipolar world. And with American passport, you have an access to places you didn't have access because people want to be friends with America. And then the tragedy of what happened on September 11, 2001, the world was united, including the Arab world, against the terrorists. But then America didn't respond. They lost its morality and started to do what we have seen in past history. And when they started to lower the morality, then in the next moment, war went in. And as a result of that, about $9.5 trillion later into that war, Afghanistan, Pakistan, us against them, fear came in. And the churches in the middle of it started to lose its morality in the middle of it. And this is part of what's been leading up to where we're at right now, where we just thought, okay, if we just get the Republican Democrats, then we also go, I'm going to be careful with politics here. But if we do that, then we're getting somebody into the Supreme Court. And then if you do that, we're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And then if we're going to do, if we just do that as Christian, then it's going to be good. And all this system, because if we do not recognize if our morality is down, love goes down, and then the next moment we're not displaying the goodness and the kindness. So you saw then in 2002, China was the first one that says America is no longer maintained unipolar. Now they started to say, we don't want dollar any longer to be the currency. And you've seen this ongoing thing being going on. So now you see the position of who is going to be part of the new future. America in the middle of it, we had opportunity after opportunity. And then even President Obama, who clearly stated, I don't want America to be a unipolar world. We just want the whole world to be a big family. But it is different from us as kingdom people to see this is what God is doing. This is what God delights when there is a nations that he chooses to be on the top. So instead of you having the tension and the pressure and oppression that happens if you have the wrong leaders on the top, God wants the one with morality. And if they don't want the stewarding, then in the next moment, he's allowing us to be spread out in a different way, and God uses that. So we are in a difficult dilemma, even in missiology, but God is going to use all of these things for good. So I'm encouraging people uh, to learn a little bit more about this. I do not have a chance to give all the details, but I want people to know that we're in the season 
of a major shaking. And yes, there are some dark clouds, but in the middle of it, we're about to see a pure, a holy. We're going to see this beautiful, beautiful bridegroom, and the bride is getting ready in the middle of it. And I do not believe we are in the end time, to be honest with you. We are in the end time, but not in the end of the end time. And the major reason, like I argue with somebody that just gave me all the signs of the coming of the end of man in Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 3, and they took me through verse 13. I said, but don't forget about verse 4. And it says, but this gospel of the kingdom must be preached as a witness or testimony to all ethnos, all nations, and then the end will come. So the reason I'm an optimist in the middle of it, that is because I have read the book of ending. And that means it started well and it ends well. It started with a family and it ends with a family represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. So we are in the middle of the greatest harvest the world have ever seen. We're in the middle of seeing a revival. He's going to revive us in the middle, but it's going to require a little bit of pain for us to get to a place where the things that is unshakable is going to be left in our life. And then God is going to build up an unshakable king and Jesus is going to be king in all the areas of our life and a kingdom that cannot be shook. And in the middle of all of that, it's going to be beautiful. That's when you see a unity and the way we love one another. That's how the world is going to see we are because we have learned how to love in the middle of all of this chaos. So God is up to something beautiful. He's inviting us to be part of it. And there's four major shifts connected to that that we're going to learn about later on that we get to be part of. Yes, that's good. Uh, one question in this section before we move on. Um, you said that in a, a unipolar world, it was probably one of the best structures to for the gospel to spread. So I'm just curious to know in this multipolar world that we are now living in, um, how do you foresee the gospel spreading, the part, the part, how the Christian plays? Like something that we're seeing happen in Pakistan and in Cuba, who's a part of our kingdom family that we've talked about often on this podcast, is there has been a rapid growth in the house church movements and underground church movements. Do you feel like that is one of the the points of, of the gospel getting out there is in those types of movements in a multipolar world? It is, no doubt about it. And and I think we're going, to, we're going to learn so much from our family in places like that. It's like I have one of our friends in Iran that just said, please ask your, your people in America to stop praying for God to stop the persecution. Wow. Because in the middle of the persecution, when they persecute us, is when the pure oil comes out. That's when we suddenly getting spread out. That's in the, the prison ministry starts to persecution. So sometimes our perspective is away from the book of Acts, how it actually took place in the middle of it. And if we wanted to be the book of Acts. So yeah, we do see a major shift and change. America used to be the major partner, but we become the minor partner in the Great Commission. And you were fine in some of those places where it's been the greatest persecution in the middle of all of that. Jesus is enough. He's everything that we have, everything that we need. There's no question about the lordship of Jesus. It's no uh, what Jesus can do for me and all the benefits and everything else. No, uh, I'm purchased with a price. I just know one person in Thailand that just got saved because Jesus came in and good Buddhist. And then he said, now I'm, I'm surrendering to Jesus. My little motorcycle shop belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. He got baptized, dislocated from his, from his bigger family, but his wife saw the change in him. She got changed and everything else. Jesus is Lord. He is the new king of our life and he is the one we're going to serve. So this, there's a beautiful gospel, which is the gospel of the Bible, not the watered down where self is in the center and give me, touch me, bless me, fill me, 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 me. It's all about me. 
me and what Jesus can do for me. And then we get disappointed if he doesn't live up to our expectation. There's a, the true gospel of the Bible is going to be so clear in this season. And the painful part of that, there's a lot of people that realize I, I did not want to take up that cross and follow him. I want to get all the benefits what Jesus is going to do for me. And of course, I'd rather go to heaven than hell. But I didn't want Jesus as my Lord. I just want him to save me and heal me and deliver me and prosper me and bless me. And, but self. And that's where you're going to see a major shift also is taking place. The people in Cuba and including Yazir and Aki that we honor and love, they had opportunity to come to the prosperity, to come here. And I remember they said, Papa Leif, what do you think we should do? Because so many of our people, we raise up the leader and then they go where there's prosperity and blessings in Mexico and, and America and other places. And uh, but they, I, I'm so glad. I said, what will you feel are you supposed to do? They said, we feel we're supposed to stay in Cuba and give our life for Cuba. And that's what you're going to start to see people for their community, for my business, for Atlanta. I'm just laying down my life. This is called a covenantal thing. And something happened when there is no plan B. There's only plan A, and that is Jesus in my community or Jesus in my city or Jesus. <laughs> and when there is no plan B, only plan A, suddenly God starts to show up in a way that we've never seen before. Amen. I could be shouting. I'm waving my hanky. Um, last question, and we can give a really quick overview of this one. It's where do I fit in? What is my part to play in God's what God's doing on the earth today? What is the significance of that? I think that the, sometimes it starts with just even the question of who who am I, and uh, the. Because again, the identity is who I am in the middle of that. God is my father and he is a good father. And he is one that loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. So I think that even part of my purpose, so I invest my time, talent and treasure right, is to be connected to the father, to the son and the Holy Spirit, to be connected to family. And that's another thing I just wanted to bring in here. It's going to be so important for us to live in interdependence because there's so many things that's going to try to divide us. And you're going to need healthy community, healthy covenant family to be part of that in the middle of everything that's going on because it's not about me it's about we and together the body of Christ and you have seen that in the past he's about to unify the family so I encourage you first of all find out who you are and the second of all where you are which family which community be connected to other if that's in a home group or I'm not necessarily say you have to be in a church but be part of community be connected to other people that love Jesus and then the other areas to wake up in the morning it doesn't matter who you are and where you are is to be able to first of all allowing him to love you because it's going to be very hard for you to give something you didn't receive it's a season to be able to test the heart so this is a season to let go if you have fear insecurity forgiveness issues or whatever. This is the time to lay down these different things because as the shaking goes on, um, it is time for you to become free because free people will set people free. And uh, you will recognize if you're carrying weight in this season, let go of it because he invites you. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. So in the middle of the storm, Jesus is asleep because where the father is at, there is rest. So you can find rest 
together with Jesus in the middle of the storm. But you can't do that if you have a storm on the inside and you have all these battlefields. So I'm encouraging people in the middle of it. And then if you're a school student, you say, thank God it is Monday. Or if you are a school teacher or if you're a mechanic, it doesn't matter where you are. It is just starting where you're at. Like one of the simple things I'm going to do that is not just connected to the big macro, but my micro. Uh, we have 26 in my neighborhood. I've met a few of them, but I don't really. There's only one neighbor I know. So I made a commitment this year that if you're going to love your neighbors, you love yourself. I need to love me well enough to love my neighbor. So what are a way I get to know each one of my neighbors? 26 in my subdivision. I'm going to find a way of connecting. I know we have a Hindu, we have a Buddhist, we have a Jewish, we have a Muslim, we have a Sikh, we have actually a Shia Muslim, and we also have a Hare Krishna, I know there's a Catholic, of those 26, I know of those things, I don't know them. And I'm going to build a bridge just in the micro, be faithful in the small things, don't try to figure out to do the big things. But I think in a simple way, uh, decide a couple of practical things that it is not going to be us and them. They are not my enemy. It doesn't matter if there's Democrats or they voted. They are not your enemies. So love your neighbor as yourself, as you love yourself. So who is my neighbor? It is maybe my Shia Muslim, Sunni Muslim. It, I don't know, but I'm going to get to know my neighbor and I'm going to love my neighbor as I love myself. And I'm going to love me the way that Papa God loves me. So first, start with God. I want you to love me and I'm going to love myself so that you love me unconditionally and I'm going to love people unconditional. This unconditional love. What ways do I do that? I'm going to actually probably going up to the mall of Atlanta and buy this special chocolate Swiss or, and I'm going to just put nice packets and go to each one of the doors and just say, hey, you live in my neighborhood and my life is richer because you're here and I want to get to know you and give them a gift. So that's one thing that I can practically speak and do just as a connection point. But I'm going to find different way in asking God. Second thing for this season, ask the Holy Spirit to be your life coach because you're going to need it. So good morning, Holy Spirit. And you're never alone. The Holy Spirit is the most real person. He is your counselor. He is your comforter. He is your wisdom. He is your strength. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. So get to know the Holy Spirit. Let him be your best friend, but let him be your life coach. Let him be your wisdom. His your strength. When you don't know how to do certain things, just get to know the Holy Spirit. Connect to the Holy Spirit so that you can live and love just like Jesus. So my challenge here on the second thing is, uh, first of all, I think it is very important for you to see how valuable you are so you can add value to the people around. But get to know the Holy Spirit in this season. He is just amazing. And in the middle of the shaking, he is so unshakable. And he's very sensitive, so learn the sensitivity. Get rid of the noise in your life. Perhaps turn off the TV, all the news and iPhone and everything else. Take one day, a Sabbath day a week, not a practical things to prepare you for 2021. Because during that one day, what you do during a Sabbath, you love God, you love yourself, and you love the people and friends around you that are not drainers, but gainers, meaning people that gives you life. Covenant friends and family. Take one day for doing that, and you're going to start to see the other six days is going to make a major difference. Mm -hmm. Invest your life. Don't spend it. Invest your time. Do not just spend it. Invest your treasure. Time, talent, and your treasure invested this year in things that is of eternal value. 
Amen, amen, amen. I am seriously so excited for the rest of this series. This was so good. We're just going to leave it at that. But for the next two months, we're going to be talking a bit more about these three questions, and we're going to bring in some of Leif's dearest friends who we love and trust and that many of you will know well um, to answer these questions as well and to give their their viewpoint on what they feel like God is doing in the world. But we would love to hear from you as well. Um, I'm going to put the email address down in the description, but send us an email with any questions that you might have regarding these three questions that we're going to be fleshing out over the next two months. Um, And let us know what you think of this podcast. Leif, would you pray for us? Father, I just want to honor you as a good, good papa. I thank you, Jesus, just for loving us so much that you will leave heaven, come down to this earth, recognizing every single things that we are going through to be able to have empathy with us and say that I know what you're going through there. I understand you. I can feel it. And I will take care of that for you. So just come to me, all of you who are weary, you who are tired, you are heavy laden, you who carry different things. And I will give you rest because my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Thank you, Jesus, at this very moment that you will take our sicknesses and disease and you will give us the divine change because by your stripes we are healed. So be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Ringing sound in the right ear, be healed right now in Jesus' name. Shoulder on the left side, be healed right now in Jesus' name. The L4, L5 in your lower back, and it just be continue irritating you, be healed now in Jesus' name. Some of you with a cough and the breathing problems right now, I don't know if it is connected to COVID, but it's right now, you're just going to sense the shalom of heaven, heaven shalom alachim, peace, peace, peace in Jesus' name name. And I'm asking just right now, at this very moment, oh, sweet, sweet Jesus, just, wow, overwhelm us with your presence. Come. There you are. (laughs) Overwhelm us with your peace. Your power. We're saying, yes, Jesus, just to join you in what you are doing and being part of this beautiful, beautiful family that is going to, wow, bring in the one billion sons and daughters that are out there waiting for the goodness and the kindness and the glory to be revealed. Thank you for the harvest. And I thank you for everyone that are listening, that are harvesters. Make us whole in this season to bring wholeness to the world around us. Set us free so that we can help to set people free. Transform us so that we can be transformers. Give us fresh encounters so that we can become an encounter for the people around us to experiencing you. I just bless people with that. <laughs> in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.